Louis Garmart served in Congress for nine terms. He represented the first district of Texas. That's uh, 12 counties. It stretches 120 miles down the state's eastern border. Prior to being elected to serve in Congress, he was elected to three terms as district judge in Smith County, Texas, and during his tenure on the bench, he gained national and international attention for some of his creative rulings. And he was appointed by Texas Governor Rick Perry to complete a term as Chief Justice of the 12th Court of Appeals. Now this is from his website. Louis did not go to Washington to get a title, and that is why to everyone he meets, he is just Louis. Now, when I meet a congressman, I always say, Mr. Congressman, he's stopped me, corrected me every time. He says, what you see is what you get. Welcome back, Louie, to the Thank Economic War Room. Great to be back with you. You know, you were on our episode 26 and 27, and we've run into you at CPAC and interviewed sure. you at CPAC as well, but you've been one of the early supporters and friends of the Economic War Room, so we love having you here. Thank you. Well, you do a great job. Well, thank you. Getting out truth. We start with the bad, the good, and the beautiful. I grew up, not grew up, but I lived in Carmel for about 10 years. Some of my career was there. Now that and is kind of beautiful. Though. It is beautiful, and it had Clint Eastwood as mayor, but he was the good, the bad, and the ugly, <laughs> right? And so we do the opposite, the bad, because we don't want to leave people with ugly. We want to leave them with hope, sure. and there's so many things to be hopeful As Christians, for. we're supposed to. So we're in this first segment. We're going to talk about some of the problems, foreign and domestic, Second segment, we'll talk about some solutions. In the third segment, we'll just talk about what gives us hope and what we should be hopeful for. Sounds good. All right, so segment one, problems foreign and domestic. Where do you want to start? I, I have a question. <laughs> Sam Faddis, do you know Sam Faddis, former CIA director, friend of Frank Gaffney? Yeah. Uh, not director, former CIA operative. Um, he says President Biden is a controlled CCP asset, and he uses the term controlled very specifically. What are your thoughts? You See, I don't. I don't know that uh, you can control a man that doesn't have all his marbles. So, oh, wow. So, uh, but they have a very friendly person, uh, very friendly to what China wants to, and CCP, because uh, the CCP is China for, for right. leadership purposes. I uh, had a daughter that lived over there for about five years. I'd visited her. I've traveled around China. Uh, there are wonderful, wonderful people, the people there. People are great, yes. But the Chinese Communist Party, make no mistake, they would like to see America gone, just like uh, Putin would. So uh, to have a president that is leaning toward whatever it is China wants is just dangerous for this country. Uh, so I don't know if I'd say control, but he is certainly extremely sympathetic to at least not wanting to upset China. Why is that? Is that because the laptop would tell us that the family's gotten a lot of money? Do they have something on well, him? Why do you think it is? Well, we don't need the laptop to tell us that they've gotten a lot of money from China. And let's face it, large money doesn't, go from China to an American uh, without the Chinese Communist Party's okay. Um, just like you can't have somebody own a, a big shipbuilding company if they've made the CCP mad. So there are people in both parties that are very sensitive to what would make the Chinese Communist Party mad. 
and Biden is one of the most sympathetic, and it's doing immense damage to this country. This sounds like the Peter Schweitzer book where he talks about how mm -hmm. they bought, and they bought on both sides. Yeah, they I did. I mean, one, they of, one of your uh, former colleagues, John Boehner, seems to have some connections there mm -hmm. and others that Schweitzer yeah. has talked about. So Republicans can be just as guilty, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, there's uh, no one more engaging, intelligent, pleasant, to talk to than Mitch McConnell's wife, you know, cabinet member. Um, and she is just delightful, but she has a father that has a big interest or controls a shipbuilding company. And uh, it it is, and Schweitzer goes into all that. Um, but I've not always been very complimentary of Mitch McConnell after the first impeachment, I thought Mitch had handled it very well. And I'd spent a lot of time down there in the Senate chamber watching what was going on. And so when it was over, I was walking out, uh, out of the Senate chamber down the hall and just so happened to merge with Mitch McConnell. And I said, and you know, he has his head down walking. And I said, you've done a really good job of handling this impeachment. You haven't ever been very complimentary of me before. And I said, well, I'll just call him like I see him. I think he did good on the first one, not, not as good on the second. But anyway, uh, yeah. So I wouldn't exactly say we're just buddies. buddies. Yeah. Well, you know, so what we've got is the, the foreign enemy, I think primarily China, but certainly Putin, and, and not China, but the Communist Party, and certainly yeah. Putin and North Korea and Iran. But the domestic enemy is, is also rearing its ugly head, and that is the deep state and the weaponization of the FBI, the IRS, and, and all of that. What, what are your thoughts? Is, is, the, is the deep state as real and bad as we feel like it is? Uh, probably a little worse. Uh, it is that bad. And, you know, Congress, we did things under the uh, Democrat majority, creating a bureau that can look at everybody's bank records in order to protect them from overzealous banks. You know, as a felony judge, if, if somebody wanted to look at somebody's bank records, they brought me an affidavit and they had to establish facts under oath that indicated there was probable cause to believe a crime was committed and that this person committed, or they did not get the bank records. And then Congress creates this entity that's gonna oversee and protect, uh, oversee banks and protect the American people. No, if a bank messes me around, then I will let the government know that they've done wrong. I don't need a bureau to be it's, a lot Yeah, and it. we should have gotten rid of them. One of the things we should have done, and Paul Ryan knew it, and we didn't get it done uh, with him as speaker. Well, we're going to have to take a break, but when we come back, I want to talk about the that on steroids, central bank digital currency. Yes. Louis, we've been talking about the government intrusion into the banking system, monitoring everybody and everything, the deep state, the Chinese Communist Party and so forth, but there's this new thing. The Chinese are getting their version called the digital yuan that they're bringing forth, which will enforce 
social credit scores. And President Biden keeps talking about a central bank digital currency, a digital dollar from the Federal Reserve. In fact, he's, he's ordered by executive order uh, a study of that that they're now testing, the Federal Reserve testing in New York. What are your thoughts on central bank digital currency? Well, I mean, we've been moving toward something like that, but again, having a bureau that can oversee, can look at your bank records, that's, right. that's scary enough. But we can get rid of them if we will have a courageous Republican leader, a courageous Republican leader in the Senate, and a president that'll sign it. We can fix that. But if we go to this form of digital currency, it means the government will be able to see and know everything you're doing. And really, Kevin, you know, we're, we're talking about last day's type stuff. Some say, well, we should welcome last days, uh, but uh, I just know that we've all been given gifts, we've been given tools, and as a preacher 20 minutes from here, Tommy Nelson has said before, and it, one of the most frustrating things for me in Congress was other Christians, when I would get frustrated at people's weakness and not standing up for what they needed to, I'd have, Louie, we don't have to worry. God's in control. And Tommy had the best response. He said, just because God's in control doesn't mean he wants you to lean on your shovel and pray for a hole. He gave us all tools. He expects us to use them. And that's one of the things that was so frustrating to me in Congress. But so we've got the ability to keep these things from happening that uh, are going to create so much pandemonium and, and so much erosion or elimination of private rights. Uh, we need to use the gifts we've been given to do that. Uh, but this will be, I mean, and I've said in Congress before in public, uh, look, I know what you guys are trying to do. Why don't we just cut to the chase? This was when they were in the majority, the Democrats in the majority, and just go ahead and put 666 on everybody's <laughs> forehead. Uh, you know, let's go ahead. That's where you're going with this. That is where it's going. And that is where it's going. And, and everybody will have the mark. And maybe it's a computer chip uh, or something embedded. But I don't want that. I don't want it either. I, I've got a friend, a couple of points. I've got a friend, Eric Davidson, who was the chief investment officer of Wells Fargo. And he used to say, I'm so afraid of getting the mark of the beast. And I said, why? And he said, they'll probably offer it with frequent flyer miles. <laughs> and I won't know what I'm doing. But, <laughs> but the reality of it is, it's going to be forced on people. And, yeah. and we have to fight it. And like you said, the shovel, I think, of Tommy Nelson, I think of the shovel of, how about the shovel of the man who buried the talent he was given in the yeah, backyard? Exactly. And Jesus said, exactly. occupy till I come. Exactly. Do business. We are yeah. to fight. Or Dylan Thomas has a poem, is do not go gentle into that good night. Yeah. Rage, rage at the dying of the light. Right. So that, that's where, I'm when glad. my mother said she wasn't going to go see another doctor about a brain tumor, she was an English teacher and... I threw Dylan Thomas at a rage, rage against the dying of the light. And she said, uh, I feel that I have raged enough. Uh, and, and now, uh, and then she quoted from the poem Thanatopsis. But, 
but yeah, as long as we've got breath and the ability to do anything, she we may have finished it. her race, which is a biblical concept that's, too. And that's what she and was I get referring. that. But as a society, we have not finished our race. Not until the race is over. We are to, and that's what we're, I'm glad you're in the economic war room because I I share with you we're training financial advisors at Liberty University uh, to help their clients weaponize their giving, spending, and investing so that they're not going to ESG, they're going for liberty, security, and values. If we train 10,000 advisors, we'll have a trillion dollars or more of capital, and we're gonna stop. We're, we've got project after project here to rage, rage against the dying of the light. And, yeah. and if we succeed, we succeed, and if we fail, we can stand before our maker and say, I, did, I gave it my all. Yep. And one such thing we should continue to rage about the uh, thrift savings plan, that's the retirement money for all federal workers uh, under President Trump. Uh, he said, no, we're not going to invest that money in Chinese companies. Right. No. And Biden, as we talked about, he has got the sympathetic ear to China's bidding. And no, we ought to be able to let them do that. And, and in ESG, which is the World Economic Forum's means of stripping Americans of their liberty. That's right. And you think about how evil that is. You take somebody that's signed up for the service and is serving our country honorably in the Air Force or the Marines or, or, or the Navy uh, or the Army, and a portion of their investment dollars is funding missiles pointed at their head? Yeah. yeah. That's just evil. And which is also just allied with Iran, uh, the largest state sponsor of terrorism. Maybe China wants to compete with them on that. And then also their relationship with North Korea that would love to drop an EMP, um, yeah. explode one over our country. And uh, it's, a, it's a dangerous time. There are always dangerous times, but because of the technology, it's much more so now than ever. And that's, again, we're raging against the dying of the light. We're funding uh, projects to stop EMPs, to, to harden our technology and all that. We're doing all that from the economic war room. But I want to switch subjects right now, and, and we're right before break, but when we come back, there is a new committee to stop the politicization of the FBI and the intelligence agencies. It's the WTF committee. Uh, weaponize the federal government. I don't know what it is, but but WTF is what it says, Jim Jordan's committee. I, I want to get your take on that. We'll, a quick take, and then we'll come back after the break and talk more. Well, I, I think it is something that has got to be done, and Jim would be a good person to, to head that up, but it's going to take the interest and involvement and, and really pushing of lots of Republicans. One person can't do it. But we have got to de-weaponize the federal government. Uh, Paul Ryan, before him, Boehner, would not let us uh, hold the IRS accountable for their potential crimes. I think they were crimes. Uh, same with the DOJ. Uh, I don't think the FBI is salvageable. I don't. Uh, I've known so many really fine FBI agents, but they've been weaponized. The intelligence community has been weaponized. I do not, in my opinion, I don't believe Director Christopher Wray is an honorable person, and he has swept things under the rug. We have to take a break. When we come back, let's see what... Okay, let's start with the idea. 
you, you are now put in charge, just like uh, Congressman Jordan has been. You're in charge of a committee. It's a part of the deal. We got a speaker, but part of the deal was you get to be in charge of the committee. What do you do with the WTF committee? <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that, Kevin, um, because in talking on the Judiciary Committee about that, um, Massey and, and Jordan and a few others going, well, maybe since Louis is going to be out of Congress, we hire him to spearhead the operation from the civilian side. But uh, I, I don't know. For so long, I've held out hope that even though there was corruption at the FBI, at the headquarters, that I just knew there were so many good FBI agents around the country, but so many of them have been corrupted by the influence the corrupt influence in the headquarters in Washington. Uh, I mean, just one of the most blatant things, they have a skiff at the seventh floor, the headquarters level of the FBI, and there was a whistleblower that said, and, and I've been in lots of skiffs, yeah. you can't have a phone, a smartwatch, you, there can't be traces of Wi-Fi in the skiff, that's where you go talking, especially in the headquarters of the FBI, about our biggest, most confidential secrets. And the whistleblower said they have Wi-Fi in there. There's people taking smartwatches, but uh, cell phones, and the deputy director carried a cell phone in there. That would allow our enemies to know everything they're being, that are, that's being discussed at the top level. And the deputy director issued a statement that that was a lie. And then a couple of people became whistleblowers that were part of the entity that the DOJ sends out to test skiffs. And, and they said, oh, we've tested that skiff. They've got Wi-Fi. They have people going in. Anyway, so they lie. They violate the law. They violate regulations. And that has corrupt, corrupted uh, so many of our offices. Uh, I would... I, I think the thing to do is create another federal uh, law enforcement entity, uh, and you could call it federal law enforcement, but, uh, and then have somebody sift through and make sure we get out the corrupt people and start fresh uh, with people with experience. But you also, that's under the DOJ, and the DOJ has so much corruption. Yeah. And I've been amazed at how politically corrupt uh, Merrick Garland has been. Yeah. And as some of us have said, thank God he did he not end up the on the Supreme Court. It would have been devastating. But I think that's about where we are. Well, they're building this new headquarters that uh, I saw as larger than the Pentagon or something, on more land or something than the Pentagon. Well, both... The DOJ and the intelligence community. Intelligence community was supposed to have their eyes only on foreign terrorism and FBI only on domestic. Well, they blurred the lines and now they both spy on Americans. And, and each other and, 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 and each other, elected but, officials. And uh, can you imagine you're a, you're a father, your daughter's there, you're at a pro-life event somebody comes and gets in the face of your daughter and you just push him out of the way and the FBI bursts down your door. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's the kind of stuff that they do. And I mean, they were intimidating a lady that uh, her nephew had sent her a picture 
that looked just like her that the FBI had on their list of people there January 6th. And he said, do you recognize anybody in this picture? Well, it looked like her. She said, uh, laugh out loud, that looks like me. You know, don't turn me in. Two days later, the FBI are at her place of employment demanding to know where she was. January 6th, they said she was lying. They told her boss, uh, uh, ask him. She, he, his boss, her boss said, no, she was here. Said, you know, we can put you in prison for lying to cover for it. Lying to cover for you. I mean, and they know good. better. They could look at her cell phone and see exactly. where she was. They could look and at you her transactions. It. These knocking down the doors in the wee hours, alert the media. Those are 100% Gestapo tactics. Our FBI that used to, and, and I've had FBI retired FBI tell me, remember how we used to do? If you had a lawyer, we would call the lawyer and say you need to have your client at the jail at such and such time. And if they don't show up, well, then that's going to look get bad. Yeah. And yeah, but it's also going to look bad when the judge sets bond and stuff. And now they knock down doors of people that have never been guilty of any violence, of any threat, anything like that, all to make the Gestapo point. And that's why we have got to change things. We've got to reform things. And um, I, I'm... I don't have a lot. I don't have any hope that Merrick Garland or Christopher Ray will do that. I did tell President Trump, "Wow, you know, you've asked me about some of your appointments. I wish you'd ask me about Christopher Ray." I told you, he said back in 2005, basically he wanted to be anywhere, do anything that Mueller and Comey did. That should tell you all you need to know about this guy. He's a Comey Mueller guy. Well, anyway, you, it was a disaster. You don't have hope in him, and I understand that. And you have stood up for the January 6th, you, like no other congressman. I'm grateful for that because that, that, that is a travesty on this nation. People that did violent acts or, you know, desecrated something, uh, they should be severely punished. But for people that walked through an open door where nobody was saying you can't come in, and walked around and then walked out, and then they want to treat them like FBI public enemy number one, knocking down doors, dragging them out in their underwear, grabbing the daughter and pulling her up the stairs by her hair. These stories that have come out, they're just outrageous. This is America. And then to treat them basically in what amounts to uh, uh, torture in the D.C. jail, under a deputy warden that absolutely made clear she hates anybody that supported Trump and and it actually used the F word about him. But uh, That's just this wrong. is just wrong. Okay, so all of that, China, the January 6th, the weaponization, but where's your hope? Well, I asked where the hope was to Bishop uh, St. John's, wherever president after Washington is, has prayed there before being inaugurated. And she said the hope, uh, I said, what do you tell the civil justice warriors, social justice warriors? She said, I tell them, keep protesting, that's where you're hoping. I said, but that's, that's so interesting hope. because we had a black pastor here a couple of weeks ago and he said our hope was in Jesus Christ. Maybe you ought to talk to him sometime. Anyway, that is where our hope is. And because Jesus Christ lived, and died and rose again, we have hope. And as he told us, with, <laughs> a lot of these things aren't possible, 
but with God, all things are possible. Thank you, Lord. So we, uh, we keep praying we can make a difference. That's great. Well, thank you, Louie. We're going to summarize all this in our free economic battle plan at economicwarroom.com. Remember, what we see as a marketplace, our enemies view as a battle space. <laughs> this is Kevin Freeman from the Economic War Room.